Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Scott at the Great Date Guy podcast, joined by our host, Rob, who's chilling in the corner. We're, we also have a special guest, Ashley Cox. She helps nice guys from the bedroom to the boardroom. She uses neuro-linguistic programming and her 10-plus-year background in trauma and teaching to help nice guys find and have healthier love and more wealth. In addition to blowing women's minds... Her clients have gone from 40K to 100K and from 3 million to 10 million in a few months after tracking subconscious blocks of fear, doubt, shame, guilt, anger, self-love deficit disorders, and pain with her. And Ashley, I'm going to pass it over to you. I'd like you to maybe give a, a brief one-minute bio. I know we kind of had a short introduction here, but in your own words, let the listener know like what you're up to in the world and uh, about your business. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. You're welcome. So I am the founder of Nice Guy Reform School, and what we do there is take men who are frustrated, who are sometimes depressed, anxious in their head not really knowing how to move forward in their relationship and we give them clarity so typically the questions that they come in with are things like is it me or is it her she says i'm a narcissist but i think she's the narcissist and they're just like very very confused about what's happening and how they got to where they are in their relationship they checked all the boxes they did all the right things that they were taught to do or told to do and yet their partner is still unappreciative or disrespectful um, toxic, you know, she freaks out about things. He feels controlled. He feels like she doesn't trust his leadership, right? And so he he's coming in wondering why, right? And he can ask me as a, I've, I've had my own trauma and my own background, especially in childhood. And so as a woman who um, can speak to the mind of a woman, especially when triggered, it's really helpful because women are kind of like calculus as it is. And then when you add the trauma response on top of it, it's very difficult to navigate in those really heated situations. And so I help them move through all of that and figure out what what's their part and what role they've played. And I like to say it's 100%, 100%. So if they come in pointing the finger at her, I turn it right back around on them and say, yes, like I know she did that, but let's look at where you're not setting boundaries, where you're not being authentic, where you're not being honest, where you're not being in your body, where you're not standing up for yourself, um, your limiting beliefs, where your values aren't really lining up with what you're saying, right? And doing the work around that. And typically because the masculine is the leader in the relationship, the woman tends to either react well and start to follow him and start to soften and relax, or she leaves because she can't use him anymore. Wow. So what I'm getting is you help men see their side of things in relationship you said it was a hundred and a hundred and that that is aligned with my philosophy as well that it's not 60 40 20 30 or 20 80 it's my responsibility in how i'm showing up and how my partner also has 100 percent responsibility in how they're showing up and i really can't do anything over there the only thing that i really can do is look at my side keep my keep it on my side of the street and what what I'm most curious about is if if the man is doing the work and the the woman is not, is the is the relationship still salvageable? Like 
do you believe that both people have to take radical 100% responsibility? I do. I think that the woman, there's two things that have to happen. One, I think the woman has to essentially decide to trust his leadership and to try to relax and to um, go, wait a minute, you know, he's really trying here. And, and if her body starts to, sorry about my camera, hold on one second. Is my camera frozen for you guys? Uh, yeah, but your audio is really good. Yeah. Great. Your photo's fantastic. <laughs> reset this thing here. Yeah, I like this flow. I just got a nice haircut, Ash. Do you like it? Yeah, it looks great. Thanks. I'm surprised Rob? you haven't dyed your hair like purple yet or something. <laughs> that, you know what? I'm going in to speak, do speaking engagements with young people at high schools and colleges. And listen, yeah. that's about that's about to go down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. Maybe blue. Maybe yeah. a rainbow. Like a, like a troll. Yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> a troll. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Okay, so what was the question again? It was. Um, we were the, just talking yeah. about like you were saying. I asked you if uh, the if if the if both parties aren't doing the work, is it is the relationship salvageable? And you were saying that as the man starts, to, you're coaching men, they're the men in the relationship, and as they start to change, I, what I thought I was was hearing you say is that inevitably the the woman starts to soften and change because and she feels that energetically in her body because her masculine partner is doing the work and she's noticing that and feeling it and then she tends to trust him and kind of allows him to lead and you know things it seems like magic exactly so what happens and what what we want to see happen um, what happens ideally is the woman starts to soften he, when he gets literally when he gets like more secure and centered in himself, more powerful, um, more present, it essentially shifts the energy because two things can occupy the same space. Right. And so he when he takes up more space and he's more powerful and he knows what direction he's headed, he's more decisive. He's, he has integrity and he's holding himself accountable. When he's in that space, it allows her to soften and relax. And what we're seeing with these women who kind of are spinning out of control is essentially they're in their toxic masculine. So they're trying to control things and get certain outcomes. And when he is the, a woman can't be a man. So when he is in his fullest masculinity, she can't compete with that. She just can't. I don't care how toxically masculine she is or how controlling she is. She can't compete with a man in his full power. And so what it does is it gives her a choice, right? She can either soften and relax and trust him, which is really what every, I think most men want. So the work for her could actually look like her being softer. It could look like her trusting him, her being more open, her being more in her heart. And her her doing that could be a reaction to his new kind of energy and his shift and his mindset and his accountability and how he's showing up or if the woman isn't ready to do that what ends up happening is he kind of ends up repelling her and so she'll actually leave the situation or get worse and it'll kind of it'll grow and she tries to control him more or she'll just go oh my gosh i can't control you and so i'm gonna leave and and she shuts down um, sometimes women can get really manipulative and try to pull him back out of his center to mm. see if she can control him over there. Um, so ideally, it really just shows the man what she really wants. If she wants to just use him and manipulate him and take advantage of his lack of boundaries, what ends up happening is he starts to see that and he goes, wait a minute. Um, 
if I'm if I'm setting boundaries and you're not responding well, that means that I should that that means I should set them even more. Mm. Right. Okay. So he starts to get an idea of her true intentions, and if she really does want to be with him and really does love him for the right reasons, then she'll respond well and she'll relax. So is, is the that that's amazing, and thank you. And I'm curious: is the woman doing this on a subconscious level, a level, or is this like is she consciously manipulating him? to try to, you know, knock him off center? Or is this just because of the, the dynamic that they're in? How does, how does that work? Like, I think it's yes to both. And mm-hmm. I think it depends on the person. So um, 95% of our behavior at least is unconscious. unconscious yeah. So I don't know if she's sitting around like at night thinking about how she can manipulate men, right? Like writing in her diary. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Johnny seems like one I can really, you know, get in there with and, and then maybe he'll pay for dinner or something if I well, flip my hair back or I don't know, she's like sitting around thinking about those things. Um, but what I will say is it's kind of like kids, you know, when, do you guys remember when you were a kid and you would um, try to figure out what you could get away with and what you can't, and you knew certain adults, you could get away with certain things and, and other adults you, you can't. It was, it's a very similar, like she just knows in her body and in her mind, like subconsciously, there's something in her that knows either maybe through a pattern of behavior and interaction, interacting with these with these people or with this person, or in her body that you know what, um, this is someone who is easily easily manipulated, who's not in his fullest power, who essentially doesn't value himself enough, and so he's overgiving, mm-hmm. and then she takes advantage of it. Get it, man. I get it. So that's that's great. Thanks for that. Um... I think that'll be really helpful for the listener. And I guess what I'm most curious about is, so how do you, you know, how do you work with men to, to get them to, you know, to change, to, to break those patterns, to, uh, you know, begin to work on themselves? I mean, are they in so much pain that it's like, I, I can't do this anymore. And I just, I need some help here. Yeah. I'll be honest. Getting them in the door sometimes is the hardest part. Because men have a stigma around, typically, you know, societally, like we we have a stigma around men talking about their emotions. I've seen situations where the men will reject themselves because of the emotions they're feeling. Like they'll judge themselves, Mm. they'll shame themselves, they're angry at themselves because they failed, they feel inadequate, they couldn't figure it out, and now they have this rush of emotion. And so to get a man to, like, Typically, it takes a lot for a man to get to a place where he even asks for help because uh, he, he has an internalized stigma, much less a social stigma, around getting help, around failure, around feeling inadequate. Getting him to say, hey, can you tell me about your services? I'm, I want to sign up. What are you know? I want the results you're saying you can get for people. That sometimes getting past that ego, that ego piece um, and that kind of the also the emotional piece of, of everything I just said that can be the most difficult piece and then once they actually get in there they're usually really really surrendered at that point because it's like you know what i'm just taking an l here <laughs> like i just had to pay this lady to talk about my feelings and i can't believe it i've already taken the l like i'm here what, what are we doing you know and then i will do a lot of meditations with them so um i do like kind of quantum deep meditations where we sync up with their higher self and for anyone that um, doesn't understand or doesn't know not understand but doesn't know that term it's essentially your soul it's your connection to your source it's it's kind of the the feeling that you get for example when something's wrong and you just know something's wrong before it actually happens right it's like that sort of piece of us that 
um, that we can't exactly touch, but we know is there. So we're getting synced up, if that's a word, but we're getting synced up with that part of ourselves. And we're getting to know our shadow self, so anything repressed. Um, something, an example of that is, you know, maybe a guy found his dad's um, magazine, you know, special magazines when he was like nine, right? And mm-hmm. he, had, he had guilt and shame around it, and then he repressed that guilt and shame. And so it's literally going back through and moving through um, those deeper pieces that they may or may not be consciously aware of. And, and doing that through meditations that access the subconscious mind and bringing it conscious so they can go, oh my gosh. And what people say over and over again is that you can't unsee it. So once you go in and you do the meditation and you see these different parts of yourself, you really can't unsee those parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do um, neuro-linguistic programming with people. And I typically, you know, obviously it's consensual and I want to focus in on something specific that they, like a habit they want to change, a trigger they want to change. Um, anything to like, let's say they're trying to make a decision. Should I stay or should I go? There's a parts integration practice for that to make the decision around staying or going. Um, what else do I do? I teach them about women. So if they're like, man, my wife said that she hates me this morning or something like that. And it's like, I can kind of figure out and decode what's really going on there. And typically they'll tell me something like, I can't believe you. It's like, you know, my wife and you don't even know her. You've never met her. Um, because as complicated as women are and as complex as we are, we're also very predictable in our emotions, especially if you're like me and very kind of familiar. Um, I have, I grew up in a household of women. And so it's, I just feel, I can feel it in my body when a woman is in pain and in her, and when she's hurting. And I know what that looks like outwardly to the man, especially if the, there's no rapport. Um, so we want to rebuild the rapport, rebuild the trust, rebuild the lines of communication And I want them to understand these micro moments that may have been adding up. Um, One, to how to hold her accountable for her behavior, but two, the micro moments that may have added up over time that he didn't notice and didn't hit his radar because men are so outwardly focused on like data and, you know, getting stuff done and work. And and so it's like, well, she seems fine. And really the whole time there were all these micro moments where, you know, he missed opportunities for connection or something like that. Oh, okay. Wow. Man, there was a lot there. So what are these micro moments that I mean I think that's super valuable for us men is to be aware of those like am I yeah. getting it? absolutely it's a couple of things and so one just to set the scene you know ideally the guy is in his power and from that place he becomes more emotionally attuned so I'm not saying the man needs to go cry it out with his wife every or his partner every night right like that's not what I'm suggesting here I'm suggesting that he has his own momentum and let's say he is spending time with her. It's because he wants to, it's because he's carved out that time. It's not because he has to, it's not because he's trying to people please her. Um, it's not because he's codependent with her. He specifically carved out that time to hang out with her or to, um, be there for her or do something for her, whatever it is. And so from that place, let's say you guys are watching a movie and she makes a comment about the movie. Um, Maybe you say something like, well, how do you feel about what just happened in the movie? Or how do you feel about that scene? Or what would you, how would you feel if that happened to you? Um, maybe you notice her kind of her, if you can become kind of attuned to her sensory acuity, you, you can notice like the color, the color shifts in her face or even whether or not her, her like lips are like, if they have more lines because she starts to shut down, right? She's, the blood drains from her face, her lips kind of curl in, her eyes kind of get really focused. So, and you know, her breathing changes. So if you know what she looks like 
and what her body, you know, energetically and, and physically looks like when she's happy, it's easier to pinpoint when she's not happy. So really just watching, just watching her body language, asking her questions before there's ever a problem, right? So don't wait until there's a conflict to try to get to know her. Um, ask her what she thinks about things, specifically how she feels about things. That's probably even better language. So how do you feel about that? Can you tell me more about that? Can you tell me a story from when you were a kid, right? And really get in there and get to know her inner world and kind of find like a map, like you're building a map of her internal world, right? And you also kind of learn through that process where her landmines are. And what you could do is talk with her about those sticky parts, like the parts that really hurt for her, the parts that were traumatic for her before they get triggered in conflict. And so if you guys have language and you have a foundation for that before the conflict comes up, the conflict will, will go a lot more smoothly because then you can attune and go, you know what? Um, one, you can set boundaries and no, it's not personal. You can set boundaries around her behavior, but then listen to how she feels and talk with her about it. And you have a, a previous conversation to reference. Um, we, you know, is this about that thing that happened when you were eight? Is mm -hmm. this, does this remind you of that? How are you feeling? What do you need? And that's a totally different conversation than F you lady. <laughs> like she, oh, yeah. right? like yeah. she, she freaks out and then you start to shut down or you blow up and totally different dynamic when the guy isn't taking it personally yet he can still set boundaries around the behavior and he can make her feelings okay even if he doesn't agree with them he can still respect them without accepting them oh yeah that's beautiful and so it sounds like you know having agreements set prior to like really what i'm getting is what i'm getting a sense of is like to really be known by your partner like he should know all of you know or as much about her childhood or her deepest traumas as possible because those are those are what shows up in conflict i'm imagining it's not like some new thing it's it's not the toothpaste cap it's not the underwear on the floor it's not it's these you know difficulties that we haven't worked through or they you know they show up in real it's her hurt little girl yeah so if you know yeah okay and it's the same for him Be, She's a hurt little girl. He's a hurt little boy. And it's two kids on the playground fighting with one another. So what I hear you saying, or I think I hear you saying is understanding that that's what's coming online for, for both of them. And prior to conflict, having agreements in place so they're not taking it personally. Like, oh, I am aware that this is her hurt little girl. So um, we have boundaries in place, you know, and we have agreements in place so we can deal with this ahead of time. So when it does come up, you're already prepared kind of. So you've got some, yeah, Rob's got to go ahead, man, jump in. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to highlight something that Ash just said that I think is also like really important. Um, I noticed that you were making a distinction here between like doing this kind of behavior and observing what she was up to, learning what those micro expressions were out of people pleasing versus like, Hey, when is my cup full? When am I taking care of myself? When am I ready to engage with this? Um, and that feels especially important. It can be really tempting to try to like obsessively map out what someone's partner is doing. Like, how does this person think and behave and what do they like and what won't poke at their wound? But if I'm coming at that from a space of deficiency and I need to feel better, I need to make her feel better so that I can feel better. That is a really, really nasty spiral to get stuck in. And I, I like that you brought that up. That's so true. And I actually have said that before um, quite a bit. So the intention really does matter here. Are you 
wanting to know more about her internal world because you love her and you care for her and it's genuine. And like you said, I'm already feeling really good and I, and she's getting the overflow or am I doing it like, you know, because I'm being conflict avoidant and I want to know where those landmines are so I can walk around them. That's not the goal here. The goal is actually to face them head on before there's a conflict and um, create conversation and understanding and awareness around them and use it as a point of connection to go, oh my gosh, babe, like you're, you're safe. I've got you. I'm not afraid. Lay it on me. Tell me what you've got. Right. And she will respect that so much and soften, especially if she can feel that the intention is, is pure and selfless and, um, it's, you're, you're being attentive and not needy. Right. So even if you were to have that conversation, but it was from a needy place because you need her approval or you need to avoid conflict, it's a, it'll land very differently. Um, yeah, I, I love that you brought that up and, and it does take, and what part of kind of part two, what I was going to part two to my answer to Scott was like, it really does require the man to be in his body and the man to be, to know himself and to be, to be present with himself. So as to be able to even feel her appropriately um, because if he is tapped out, it's going to change his filter and his bandwidth and his ability to um, objectively look at this, look at the situation. If he's, if his bandwidth is low, if he's anxious, if he's depressed, if he's out of his own center, then her behavior is just going to pour fuel on that, right? And so it's really, really important for him to be present enough with himself that he can be present with her and connected enough to himself so that he can be connected to her to love himself so he can love her, right? That that all of those pieces are in place and anything other than that or less than that will come off and feel like neediness to her. Mm-hmm. And when he goes into that needy space, it puts her into the toxic masculine motherly controlling mm-hmm. space. It's like, well, if he's needy, then he's not leading. So I need to. That's what happens subconsciously. I don't know if sometimes it's actual. I mean, you'll hear women say things like that, but, um, it's also a bit of a subconscious somatic experience that the guy is collapsing. The guy isn't completely in his body and the guy's anxious. The guy's people pleasing. And he's just, again, just not there. And so energetically, emotionally, mentally, sometimes even just things around the house, she's like, okay, well, I'm going to show up differently. I'm going to be more present. I'm going to take charge. And um, then he goes into victim mode a lot of times around, around that same you know, time period. It's like, well, she's just so controlling or she's just that, or she's just this. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you abandoned yourself 10 months ago when you didn't set boundaries. And, and I want to say too, the thing about the boundaries and the feelings, it's kind of like with a kid, it's okay for the kid to be angry. It's not okay for the kid to hit other kids. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing when it comes to, it's okay for her to feel how she feels, but it's not okay for her to, you know, be abusive or be manipulative or um, show poor behavior or try to hurt you. Oops, my video paused. I don't know where it froze. You're good. But, uh, we're, yeah, we're just going to use the audio anyway. And do you sound great? Yeah. And your Wait. hair isn't greasy, Ash. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> what? Uh, we had a conversation earlier where she mentioned something about your hair was a mess in one of the earlier podcasts. Yeah, was, I did yeah, a big it, podcast and I, it was poorly planned and I... Uh, my hair was greasy i was like in a back room with greasy hair like it was just a, it was a mess i'm trying to get my video and then and he was like man the the podcast is performing so well we're gonna do paid promotions so it was just like oh. this podcast of me having greasy hair floating around the internet 
<laughs> the good old days. Remember I mean, I, at this point, like Scott, this kind of speaks to what you're saying. Like, I just go for it. Like, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Even, even today, I wasn't quite in a flow. I have some like stuff going on, but it's like, I, it's really important for me. I'm still trying to get my video back. But it's really important for me to be consistent and get some momentum and just go for it, even if I'm not 100% prepared or 100% ready. Yeah. Just do it, even if my yeah. heart's busy. Hey, thanks for owning that too. I really appreciate it. Really like it. it it's. Yeah, that I needed to hear that. That was some medicine right there. Like that that has been a big part of um my I don't know, whatever, my my issue as well. If you know, it just show up. That's all you have to do. That like that's been the biggest lesson for me lately, and I think that's created the momentum is showing up like whether you want to or not. If I feel a certain way, it's shitty and I don't show up, I just feel worse. I collapse more. I hide and play small more and if i show up when i'm not feeling well I, I tend to really it does build and i feel more powerful because that was the problem yeah i think money loves momentum mm, it's show enough do <laughs> yes it does yes and so i th i think what i heard you saying was the man should be curious and you know rather than defensive like cultivate that skill of curiosity around when he notices um, his woman starting to uh, behave in ways that um, might create conflict if he's reacting rather than responding and being curious. Yeah. Is that yeah, right? That, you hit the nail on the head. It really is about reacting versus responding. If the man reacts, you can guarantee that you're going to have a fight. You're going to have mm. a big co conflict. It's going to get bigger and you guys are just going to go around and around. It's almost like a boxing ring. There's just going to be rounds, right? To see who can outreact the other one and make the other person care and make the other person do what they want them to do. Make the other person agree. But if you respond, especially the masculine, that's powerful. That's like, I don't care who you are. I'm not letting you knock me out of my center. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah that that does feel super powerful i've been there myself and um it's something i'm super proud of i've cultivated this superpower and this skill to be grounded and when when the feminine comes and i call it the tornado when she comes with it i am I, it's it's like magic when you can just stand there and not be you know not allow I'm, this is not abusive behavior or her just you just standing there taking it this is like allowing her to be fully self-expressed and just, you know, being curious and, and not reacting and, and holding space for her, being able to hold space within yourself, first and foremost, and be in your own body, like you were saying, and then be curious about her and allow her to, you know, bring whatever it is, her anger, her sadness, her joy, her tears, her, you know, whatever it is. And what I've noticed is that women love that and that's what they're craving from us as men among other things and i i for the listener i think one of the most amazing couple of three words is i feel safe with you and um so being able to cultivate that skill which i think it is a skill ash and i'm, I'm imagining you teach that to men how to be responsive and not reactive is that part of what you do inside of the Nice Guy Reform School? And 
Yeah, because they're they're cultivating that relationship with themselves, and so it's a lot easier not to take things personally when you're confident. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier not to take things personally when you're secure, when you're present, when you're in your power, when you have momentum, when you're moving forward. You don't want or have time to buy into the drama. You understand the value of your energy and the value of your time and the value of the relationship with yourself. And when you start to cheapen that by buying into the drama and playing, going, going in these rounds of madness and a lack of logic and emotion, emotions and getting on that level where it's essentially two women mm. because you just lost, you just collapsed and lost your, your presence. Um, when you're in that place, it's, it's, yeah, good things don't happen. Like, what was I? I forget what I was saying. Um, I was ta- I was talking about. Oh, if like if you have a secure so if you have a secure attachment with yourself, then it's just so much easier to be present for her and also set boundaries around her behavior. If I'm not taking it personally, I'm not collapsing, and I can maintain my composure enough to like you said, kind of face the tornado and go, mm-hmm. you know what, if, if you continue to speak to me like this, I'm going to leave for 20 minutes and then I'll come back and we can try again. Yeah. So having those types of conversations um, are a lot easier when the man isn't emotional, emotional and he's in his executive functioning his, and he's in his executive function and can maintain his composure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. I've, you know, experienced that and, um, are you working with men that are highly self-aware already that that have a sense of this or is this something new to the men you're working with because i know the the majority of the men you work with are very powerful businessmen at least that's my story about you um so i'm ga- i'm gathering that they have some self-awareness or it, what what are you noticing about men that you coach is this an easy skill to teach because i feel like it's a fundamental like it's a necessity like this has to be you know embodied we have to learn this as men otherwise we're just in looping fights it's two little girls on the playground you know (laughs) kicking each other's ass like and it's just this endless looping fight forever so I'm, i'm curious what you're noticing out there about men yeah so it's really similar to women actually i don't know if you guys have ever um talk to a woman who's really emotional and she's kind of blaming everyone else the men come in doing the same exact thing no matter what their business is doing mm. it's so fascinating um the men when they're emotional and they've been mistreated and they've been in these knockdown drag out fights and they're not in their executive functioning they are i mean it's like children just like women you know when when women get really emotional they kind of act like children yeah. um children who are like well, you did this to me and so i did that to you and this isn't fair and um not really considering the other perspectives or the other sides of it or how they showed up and so it there is a bit of a process i start with helping them connect to themselves and then i'll do more coaching around like um, the blame game and taking responsibility and being at cause instead of at effect in their life and to own their their role and take just take full responsibility for everything in their life once once they're reconnected to themselves it's a lot easier and a much better conversation much more smooth conversation than if they're still um freaking out about something and not in their executive functioning and they sometimes just need a re- initially someone to listen and someone to mm. hold like hold space and and go you know what you're not crazy i hear you um yes that was messed up and to validate that and by doing so it starts to create rapport where they trust me and go okay so she gets it 
And now that I trust her and I know that she gets it, I will listen to other perspectives. I'm a little bit more in my executive functioning now. I do want to solve the problem. And they start to kind of switch over into a different mode, kind of a problem-solving mode instead of a um, kind of a victim mode. Yeah, that totally makes sense. What I'm getting from you, it, like, is super important. So they're they're not getting validation from their partner. They're not getting they're not they're not feeling understood. And so when they come in to see you, you're listening to them. You you know you allow them to kind of un- unload or just share their heart with you, and you're not blaming and shaming. So you're a safe space. <laughs> you're you're holding space for them, and then. Once they've softened and you validate them, then you can help them to see their side of things. Is that right? Yeah. And that's extra important in a society where men are blamed and shamed and guilted and all this for their emotions. And there's so much judgment around it. It's, I think, really healing just for that initial like, okay, I feel seen and I feel heard specifically by the feminine. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically, it's, you know, like maybe their mom, but that's kind of where the list ends. (laughs) Like, and there are typically no women that are even close to their dating age that would provide that level of compassion and and listening and understanding. And what I will say is it's also in a relationship, it just gets so much more complicated, but in the context of a coaching container, there are, there are, there are none of those complications. It can be simple. It can be a one way, uh, street where they're just receiving And sometimes that's the medicine that they need. And again, like you said, that sort of unconditional, it can land for me and they'll see physiologically, energetically, emotionally, et cetera, that I'm not affected by it. And when they tell me their shame story in a safe place and I'm not affected by it and I still view them the same way and I'm still here for them and I'm still unconditional, um, that is medicine in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. That is just hearing you say that, Ashley, like, my heart started to like swell. I'm like, man, it is so, because I've experienced that before to have a woman. I've had the opposite. I've had the, you know, that I was the little boy and she was the little girl. And then to be able to share with somebody your heart. And it's just like hearing you say that my heart just gets blown wide open. I'm like, yeah, that's what, that's what we want. We just want to soften and we want you to see us and not judge us and not shame us and not blame us. So I could see how, you know, that would be super, I mean, that's so much medicine. It That right there was just medicine for me. And we're just doing a podcast. I, we don't, I don't have any energy. You know, I'm not, this is beautiful. And, and just thank you. Thank you for all you do for us men. Um, and uh, I just appreciate you. I really genuinely do. And thanks for coming on the podcast. And I know we're getting close to time and, Rob, I'm curious if there's anything else you'd like to add. I mean, I I guess what I'm taking away from this is that uh, what you're up to is is pretty impactful, significant work. Like I can hear that there's this process of I'm helping men heal from that place where little things start to hurt disproportionately. Like I'm reactive to all the things that are happening in my life. I feel like I'm emotional and out of control. I'm not sure if there's an escape from this cycle. I just know that it hurts and it sucks. And like, I'm not sure where to go from here. And from that, you're building this foundation of, hey, we can make it so that you are resilient in these situations. We can dig into where this is coming from and have you show up with the same degree of dominance and masculinity that you show up in business inside of relationships. 
if you feel like you've lost who you were, you've lost your sense of masculinity and power, come here. We're going to help you with that. And it, from what you're describing, like, yeah, I'm 100% on board with what you're up to. And I'm glad that you're here. That seems really critical that that's being provided for people. Thank you. Yeah, you were really spot on. And the one thing I'll add too is if the relationship is starting to pull them out of their executive functioning, um, then when they restore the executive functioning, they end up doing better, even better in business. So sometimes men will find this work when the relationship starts to affect their pockets. Mm, yeah, that makes sense for sure, for sure. Well, this this kind of takes me back to the... so. The, the woman's role, it, when he starts to step in the, into his executive functioning and leadership and is there, you know, is she needing coaching? Is she needing, you know, t to take ownership of her responsibility? Or does it happen just because the men step up and ask for help, the woman automatically comes around because it feels like magic to me. Like, it really does. Like, you know, is it really possible for you know, I become the man that I want to be and my partner becomes who I'd like for her to be or who she was when we first met because I stepped up and asked for help. If the intention is to change, to get her to change, that's not a great intention. Right. So if he does the work because he loves himself or he's wanting to love himself more, and he's wanting to feel better and it's more for him than anything else, I think she's more likely to feel that level of integrity and that level of commitment to himself and go, oh, this is someone that I can't mess with anymore. This is someone that I can't manipulate. He's taking his power back. Um, I don't wanna use the word automatically, but I think that, and I don't have the numbers for it, but I think that it, at a minimum, like I said, puts the guy in a position where he knows what's going on, like he knows whether or not she actually is interested and she is softening and she is responsive or if she's leaving him and then he can make the decision to leave a little bit more easily and with more data and information than he originally had because now he's shifted and he's doing better and she's really showing her true colors even more, so to speak. Like he's, he, this is powerful stuff. So when these guys get their hands on the information, it's like, it's gonna become polarizing for them in a relationship and it'll become really apparent really quickly what her intentions were, her original intentions and um, what she wants from him, whether or not she wants more of him, like in a good, healthy way, like she loves him and just wants the authenticity and the honesty and his truth, his power if she wants that or if she wanted something from him that she can mm. no longer get um, because he's filled those voids and then she you know kind of weeds herself out um there was another piece here too of um you you said automatic oh so yeah there was a there was actually some research done the gottman institute mentioned it he uh, john gottman wrote a book called i think it's called what women want or something like that it was about women and essentially decoding women and what they talk about in that book really early on is that research shows that and i i feel like i'm going to get some flack for this but research shows that the man really does set the tone for the health of the relationship and so when he's in his power um, the relationship does tend to go more smoothly 
And it's, it's no different to me than a dance, right? If you've ever danced with a partner, you know that you absolutely have to have a solid masculine who has a direction and knows what he's doing and trusts himself in order for the dance to work. And so if that piece isn't at, at play or in place for the relationship, um, you're, it's kind of like imminent doom, right? You're just going to end yeah. up stepping on each other's toes the whole time and being awkward and clumsy and bitter at each other and like frustrated that the other person can't get it right. And so if the man can get himself on a path and learn the steps and do the things, then the woman at least has something to respond to. And then she can decide, is this a man I want to follow or is, or do I need to find a different partner to dance with? And then at least the guy who was stuck in the beginning has his answer. Mm, wow, that's really powerful. Um, and again, want to be aware of your time as we wrap this up. Ashley, thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, there's so much wisdom in what you've said, and I know the listeners are going to take away a bunch. So thank you again. And could you let everybody know um, where we can get a hold of you, where we can learn more about you, where we can reach out and get your guidance and your love and your help and your support so we can be the men that we came here to be and show up strong and powerful in our executive function, getting the love in the business that we want. Just let the listener know. Yeah, absolutely. So on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, it's Nice Guy Reform School. Cool. And I think we have all your links that we can uh, post in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Ashley. Um, yeah, it's been a blast. Thank you, Scott and Rob, for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you dropped some bombs. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right.